All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. After 4 o'clock, I don't know if you were able to see the celebration in Latvia today, but it has been unreal. In Riga, like they are going crazy for the uh, the bronze medal at the World Championships. I know some people uh, don't take it uh, that serious, but I can tell you, uh, there's one thing as North Americans we could probably learn, that it's okay to celebrate things, even if it isn't the best of the best. Like, no one in Latvia cares. They got a bronze medal at the World Championships. They won in overtime. They made it to the semifinals. Like it was, you know, it's been a huge event for them. Uh, you know, they Arthur's Urbe had a you know huge round of applause. Of course, I remember him and his terrible mask, and yeah. uh, when he was with the uh, the San Jose Sharks, stunning the Detroit Red Wings in the nineties. But it, you know, it's just pretty cool to see just how big they're into it, and you know, it's not a huge country. Uh, will will it uh, kickstart some some more hockey players? I would think probably. Will it be enough? Who knows? But I will say Germany's the one to watch for. You got Leon Dreisaitl. You already got Mo Sider, who that guy is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Stutzel. Like they got three really good players. They've never had three really good players in the NHL before, and they got more coming. And and I just think that you know their success for them at this World Championship. They don't. They're not like well, Canada didn't have their best players. Canada never has their best players right. because they're in the playoffs. Right? Leon Dreisaitl wasn't there. Right, not everybody has their best players. So who's ever there, you show up and mm-hmm. you compete, and you know, good for them. But it is kind of cool to watch the the celebration in Latvia, man. Like we just, when it comes to celebrating events, we have a long ways to go to match their enthusiasm. We could, I mean, I think that the Canadian men's soccer. I think we could say we we celebrate that pretty hard. Like I, I, I it, 
just making the World Cup, I remember I was pretty excited, and I yeah, but d- pretty rare for me to get excited. Was there fifty thousand people in any place? No, no, but they didn't. To be, they didn't win like a yeah. Well, neither they did Latvia. Didn't get a bronze, but no. they, I, I think a bronze in that moment. But I, you know, I, I you're but right, they won though. their pool, right? You could argue, you know, getting into the World Cup. Like I'm just saying, we we're a little, yeah. you know, at times they're a little snobbish. As sports fans, yeah. like I hear people, you know, I've, Frank and I got into it on our podcast today. And yeah. it's like people, the, the elitism of hockey is the biggest problem hockey faces. It's a fact. It's an elitist sport when it comes to finances. Now, people who right. love hockey get offended by that. Why? It's the truth. Okay. It's not available to all of the best athletes. There's still some people who think, oh, oh the best athletes play hockey. You don't uh, think no. it's like that for other sports? Like no, right. Tennis? You know which tennis is? Uh, yeah, no, tennis is some, tennis, sure. There's but swimming. You there's, just, there's other expensive sports. Right? Well, swimming's not nearly as What's equipment you like? Oh, no, but it's private coaching. Yeah, sure. Anything yeah. that's private coaching, I think that's where it goes uh, up. No, it is. Bit, but right? if you're talking baseball and basketball and those other sports, compare right. soccer. Right. It's just now, and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But the last thing you need to do is, well, we don't celebrate. Like, what's Latvia doing? This isn't, they didn't yeah. win the gold. And I'm like, first of all, why do you care? Why is, does it bother your life that they're celebrating? Like, I don't understand that attitude. And it, it's almost at times it's like, well, it's beneath us yeah. to watch it. I just, it, that irks me. To be honest, I get more excited about it. Yes. Watching, I, I said, I was rooting for that. I, I did not watch any world champs. I, I, I'll be completely honest. I said it last week. I'll still say it until Latvia was in it. And I, I liked it. I, I've been in Europe. I know the. I know what it's like to, to 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 for these countries, and I think it's very healthy for the game of hockey to have non-traditional teams competing for medals in international tournaments. I think it's very healthy for the game. So, I'm with you, man. I think it was great. I, I have no. I do you think the USA team really went home disappointed? Like honestly, like they most of those guys all play in the NHL. Um, you know, whatever. Like it's. For especially for North Americans, the World Championship, I believe, would be third in line. It'd be Stanley Cup, Olympics, then the World Championship. That's not intent as a slight to the World Championships, but that's the truth for North Americans. For Europeans, I think for many of them, it'd be different. I think it might be World Championship, Olympics, and then Stanley Cup. Not all, but for quite a number. Let's get to uh, Struds On now, brought to you by G. S construction. Now they're back out there. Remind you to uh, please be alert going through construction zones. Follow the signage. Slow down. GS construction. The Jason Greger show presents struts on new cans. I was just thrilled to get a new can. God, slip that thing on strutting around the dress room. Show everybody what it's all about. Look at this new can. Hey, looking good. The 101260 text line. Thank you for everyone uh, sex, uh, sex, texting. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> tea bags. I don't believe in tea bags. I use loose leaf tea. And it is so much better than the tea bags. I'll eat tea bags. I mean, I'll. <laughs> Himself. I've got nice bowling ball shoulders, a decent head of hair, and a big organ that needs to be heard. It's time for Struds On. Hey! Lovely Latvian. So this is, ironically, Gregor, this is my Struds on on. I'll, I'll, I'll share my story about the World Championships. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I would love to play for Team Canada World Championships. I was never asked. And, I, you know, I, maybe they didn't want to win every year, but whatever. Uh, and then I went to play in Switzerland for a year. And there was a guy there I played. He was Slovakian. Um, and I can't think of his name right now, but he was Slovakian. And he had played against uh, Canada one time 
And the way he talked about it, he said, we knew we weren't going to win. We were just, A, hoping to not get embarrassed too badly, and B, score a goal. And he said it was so huge for their program to play against his team and see how big, fast, and strong, and smart the Canadian players were. It was a huge opportunity. But then I started talking to the Swiss players. We had, like I said, a Slovakian on there. We had an American who was not quite as into it, a Swedish guy. But those guys started talking about the World Championships, and it was revered. It is an institution there. Um, I believe it's still true, but they have four national team breaks within the, the various leagues. So that would mean that there'd be a week break. Let's, let's just call it October, uh, November, January, and then whatever, February. Just those are the times. And there'd be a week off so that the national team players can assemble, practice, get together. It's a, it's, it'd be obviously kind of the best of their best players and, and start preparing, whether it's for the Olympics and an Olympic cycle, or it's, it's preparing for the world championship, but they would do that and bring it together and get everyone ready. And they loved it. They, I don't remember one guy in Switzerland complaining, ah, we got to go to this national team. They all wanted to, they all knew how many national team games they played in. It was a huge, huge thing. So much like a North American hockey player would grow up thinking, oh, I want to play, X number of games in the NHL or a game in the NHL, whatever it is, they dreamt and dreamed about playing for their national team. So it's absolutely humongous for them to be a part of it. And, you know, the Swiss have made great strides in recent years. And I think Greg's is right. The Germans, I think, are, are coming. And I, I do believe that I think that the higher level of player you can produce, it means that there's a lot of people underneath them that are maybe not quite as good, but, they're, but they're, your, your pyramid has been raised. So think about a country like uh, Italy, and no disrespect to my Italian friends, but their pyramid doesn't have a very high peak. So they would have a lot of, like, let's, let's call it average players, and then below that, right? And that, you know, you look at a Canadian pyramid, the pyramid would be, you know, it'd be very high peak because there's elite, elite players. But then underneath those players, you have players that are just not quite elite. Then players that are just maybe just below that and just below that. So before you get to average, you have a big chunk of your pyramid that is full of those types of players. So you have depth to your program. You have depth to your country's hockey. When you look at Germany, you know, 20 years ago, they didn't really have that high of a peak. You know, they wasn't that their peak was that high. But you raise it up now with the players like Sider and obviously Leon, your peak is really high. So what's going to happen is that there's going to be people that are just below Leon. And then just below that guy. And now when you put your team together, it's not like one freedom fighter playing and, and, and all these other guys. You have a group of players now below that that can contribute. Maybe they're second or third line players. So for Latvia, well, as I watched them, I think they're mostly a very average group of players. But they worked really hard and had some, and some nice moments in the energy there. But their peak hasn't quite raised up to where they have a elite top players. And I think that... When you get those elite top players, it helps. Look at uh, so Dan Ochara and his country, Slovak, right? Slovak, yeah. So you look at him. For many years, they had massively high peaks. They're top guys. And it started with Chara. I think you can mix in guys like Hosa, those guys and, and as well. So your peak is so high, but then everyone falls behind. So now when you put together a national team, you have a group of players that you have those top-end players, but you have players that can backstop them behind it. Um, and in some ways I'm talking a little bit about the empty owners too, when, you know, they have those top, top players, but now they've been backfilling and they have players behind that can support. So when you, I believe that national teams need to have elite, elite player, not elite for their country, elite worldwide. 
And then that raises your program up to heights you maybe you, you've never seen or you'll never achieve. So great step for the Latvians. I'm really excited for them. I, I love seeing that reaction in their country for a bronze medal. Never got a medal before. Um, imagine if Canada, uh, now the women have been great for soccer for long years, but I'd say in, at some point Canada wins, you know, even third place in, in the World Cup. I think the celebration will be pretty crazy. But I love, I just love that reaction. I, and I think it's so important for hockey to grow, Greg's. And, and having two non-traditional countries in a final or getting medals, I think that is massively important for the IHF. Yeah. And you look at Latvia, the one thing that they don't have that Germany has is the top guys. That's the problem. Right. Yeah. And so that that's going to be, can they find or can they develop someone? That that Because I agree with you wholeheartedly that it, it, it makes everybody else around them better. Just because they're playing against them, they practice. Yeah. What you, you know, what? you find some some great kid, and, and and that's why I've argued sometimes. I, I I think there's I would I would love to look into it in in the model now in Canada a little bit where we have all the best together and right. they're not spread out as much. And so sometimes you might have a you know like a B plus player who would have to play against that A player all the time, and he just gets better by doing it. Right. Right. That's a rivalry. You just oh jeez, I gotta play. You know, pick the kid's name. I don't care. They're, everybody knows who the best kids are in their in their neighborhood and stuff like that. And if you're not getting an exposure at that, it's really hard sometimes to keep improving and developing. And so, yeah, um, yeah like Sweden, they would put a lot of their kids together, and they had dip, but they would. You almost when you were born, you just got to go to one, right? Oscar Kleppon was telling us about that, mm-hmm. right? You're, okay, here you go. You go. You stay here. Now, even if the other program has four really good kids, you're not all going together. You stay in yours. You right. stay there, and you play against each other. So. Um, you know, smaller country that's done a, a good job. Canada obviously has a lot of great players. There's no question about that. Uh, but to uh, to stay at the top is difficult, especially when other countries like the U.S. just has ten times as many people, and now they have more people playing hockey than ever before. And you know what? So they're you're going to see more good young Americans coming. And if Germany, who's the size of that country, is double the size of Canada, right? So now you're not, you know, they're not close yet to the registration numbers of Canada. But if it keeps growing, well, now all of a sudden you got a few more of them coming in. Well, whose spots are they going to take? I'd be taking Canadians. So I think Canada always has to keep pushing and looking to say, is our development curve, is the development system we're doing the best for us? Full stop. Is it the best? Mm -hmm. And not is it the best business model, but is it the best for the development? But I think that the big thing, a, a country like Germany now, when you have success, like the players they've had leave there, you know, it tells you that you're coaching the kids right. And there's something they're doing right. And, and I, it always, to me, it comes back to coaching. And there's a lot of great natural ta- talents out there. And, you know, you, you see what Bedard does day in, day out. They, you can't teach that intensity. But coaching does make a big difference. And so Germany can say, we're on the right path. Here. And they'll continue to push and have the right kind of coaching. For Latvia, you know, you, you, obviously in the right step this weekend or this week, what have we done right? How do we keep growing it and, and, and pushing the program through the coaching? and uh, try to get to those top, top-level players. Hey, guys, a uh, random question. I'm curious, what are your guys' thoughts on the announcement today? Uh, junior A hockey is going to be full face shields. I would heard about that. I, I know that um, it, they'll age it in over the next few yeah. years. Uh, but, yeah, all 16, 17, 18-year-old kids will have it next year. Then the following year will be 16, 17, 18, 19, and then it'll be everybody after that. Um, I assume it's about insurance, but then I get to the question, how many face injuries are there that's i'd i need to see that number yeah. to say okay this is worth it yeah because i had heard about this a while ago and they talked about yeah the dental 
the dental costs to get that done because, you know, it, it is rather expensive. First off, they don't look as cool. Like, I, no disrespect to cages, but you don't look as cool. Um, then you put the cage on them. You know, the hitting, you're, you're feeling a bit braver when you have the cage on. I, I would prefer them stay with the half visor. Um, but if there's cost to ideas that, that, that maybe they feel it's cheaper long term, then I, then I get it. Uh, the hockey still be the same, but, uh, it, I mean, there's something about feeling like you're arrived and you put a visor on. Well, the thing with the full mask is there, it does limit some of your ability to pick up pucks in your feet. Just a fact, right? Yeah, when you, yeah. That's, that, that's, that's yeah. been proven. It's true. So, you know, I, I don't know. Is it the, do I think, cause a lot of people wonder, Hey, this is just the first step to come into the NHL. I'm like, why? I don't, I don't really, uh. I don't believe that because they're saying, well, the NHL, you never used to have to wear a visor. Now it's a visor mandatory. Junior never has to wear a visor. Now it's visor mandatory. Now it's full face shield. I don't know. I, I would be surprised if the, like, that's professional. That's your job. I'd be surprised. I think the players have pushed back pretty hard on that. I think you get a really hard pushback. You know, I, I've often said or advocated for everyone to wear mouth guards and actually wear them, not mm-hmm. have them out there chewing like it's an old stogie. Um, that's something that I, I think it's important. I, I always felt it helped me with concussions. Now there's been studies that say it doesn't. So who's right? I guess probably the doctors are right. But I always felt it absorbed some shock when I was punched. Um, but the, the studies that I've seen say that's wrong. But I, 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 I think just wearing the mouth guard properly, because even if it saves a couple teeth, you know, I think it helps. It's just it's so annoying to have to get your teeth worked on. Um, then as you get older, it becomes a pain. So Ah, uh, I, I don't, I don't love the fact that they're wearing cages. I understand why I just, I don't love it. I don't love it for, it, I think it's, just, it's kind of like a step in the, you're now moving away from kind of minor hockey, which I love. I love minor hockey. And now you're moving on to more of a semi-pro level where you're, you're, you're wearing that visor and kind of moving on to the next level. Yeah. I totally get it. Now the, because the BCHL is not part of this league anymore, it's not mandatory there. I'm I'm really curious to see. Uh, I think there's going to be lots of leagues watching how the BCHL does on their own. And what's the agenda? What is their agenda? They want a bit of bring players from anywhere and any time into that league? Well, it's a good question, Strider, because uh, we have requests out to get somebody to talk right. about what's and what's the long-term goal here? What's right. what's the reason? Is it just, well, we don't like how, how they run things at Hockey Canada? Maybe. Yeah. Then does it affect the smaller markets don't have the same amount of money? Mm-hmm. How does that affect it? Like, yeah. I, I don't know enough about it. I just, like, why? What What is the reason behind it? And what's what's the goal? Like, what what, what is the outcome that they're hoping for? I, I don't know what it is. No. Now, now, the other thing... For, now NCAA does wear the the full shield, yeah. So you know, I, I'm guessing maybe there's a connection. AJHL, a lot of their players go there, right, more than they go to the major junior, right. So mm-hmm. there's that part. I have to think that it's mainly insurance would be my first uh, reason because I when I text, I didn't get an answer from two different people in you know high up in teams in the AJHL right. is the 100 percent reasoning why they did it. Probably didn't tell people why they did it, but as you mentioned, you get big pushback from the players. The players, obviously, in Junior A, have no say. Oh no, right? the NHL PA has their own union. Anything like that, significant rule change, has to go through the union. And, and I would agree with you. I'd, I'd be surprised if you ever reach the point where 
NHL players would agree to full shields. And and to be to sound the business side, the marketing be very difficult if you guys all if guys all had cages on. It's hard to recognize an NHL player now with mm-hmm. even a visor on. Now you put a cage on, you, you it'd be very difficult, right? Because really, it, it's hard to see them. When you didn't have a visor, you kind of see it. Now the visor is a little bit of a challenge, but a full cage, I couldn't tell you what anyone would look like with a full cage. Yeah, football does it, though. Yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, how do they market their players, right? Who who do they really market? They market the quarterback mm-hmm. who was interviewed pretty much yeah. constantly. Your your skilled players up front, not not no disrespect to the line guys. I love the line. And the difference is though, when they're on the sideline, their helmets off. So a lot of times yeah, you are point. seeing them on so, the sideline. That's a really good point. But so you yeah. do see that connection. Where in the NHL, you're sitting on the bench all the time. You're always yeah. covered up. So so it is it is still different than the NFL. When the offense is on the field, your defensive yeah, guys point. are on the sidelines. You see their face, and vice versa. 422, we'll return. We have uh, Help Me Understand, Tell Me I'm Wrong, and more on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 4.30, how are you? Welcome back to the Jason Gregor Show with Struds, Brandon Douglas, uh, Connor Halley. We'll return tomorrow. A married man, as we uh, saw the con man. Is he going to wear his ring, do you think? Is he a wing? Well, ring? I don't he, wear my ring. Well, I'm, I'm not okay, judging. Whoa, 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 whoa. Doesn't matter why. Let's tell the truth yeah. here. Why don't you wear your ring? Uh, because you lost it. I did. Yeah, I twice. Lost it. Yeah, I'm not the only guy that's lost his ring, but I did lose it twice. Another gentleman. Two different rings. No, I. Well, yeah, let, let's not get bogged down the details here. I lost a ring, so I don't wear it. Uh, you don't wear a ring. You were. I saw you had it on the other night, though. You're really strutting around. Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I don't wear my ring very often. Right. Right. No. When I when I go out, I, I wear, but around the whole, a house, no, I don't right. wear mine. No, gotta be ready for a no action. Well, no, it's more so. I just at the farm, my dad never yeah. grew up. My dad never wore it. Yeah, like you get your you get your ring caught on something. I just, one of my buddies actually caught his ring just on a on a rail once and like almost ripped his finger off. You really? saw Jimmy Fallon, same thing. So yeah, yeah. now that's not an excuse for it. Right. But, right. Uh, and, and there's a few sayings about it. I don't think it matters, but yeah, I would think uh, he had a nice black one. I kind of like that new trend of the black ring. Yeah. Well, the guy, the guy, the guy, I can't remember his name, but he lost his ring and he, his wife had him tattooed on, got a tattooed on. Yeah. That was Sean. Sean. At our state, at our table. Yeah. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. He joked about it. He actually lost it twice like you. Jeez. And then the second one, he goes, well, the tattoo only cost me like 50 bucks. (laughs) So lasts forever. Yeah. So uh, much better, much better. I wonder how many, like, I wonder how many of our gentlemen listeners lost their wedding. Like, I know guys who lost theirs on their honeymoon. Right. Where they went, you know, they went wherever, Bahamas, Mexico. They went snorkeling. Ring falls off. But if you're not a ring wearer, he's, all of a sudden he put a ring on. It feels so weird. Yeah, but, I never wore a ring in my life. Yeah, but how many guys are, like... How I many, see some guys, like... Like, how many... Like, unless you're, like, a... No offense, unless you're a biker. Yeah, bikers wear it. You know. I feel like a lot of I know chefs some wear... of the Some of the engineers don't text in all yeah, you engineers in the do. ring you get, okay? Like, some of you get but, the ring, you don't really wear the ring. I find a lot of chefs wear rings. Like, does Paul Schu- Sue Schufelt wear a ring? It's a good question, man. I feel like I, I see a lot like, of chefs with rings. You think? I, that's why... I, that's, I, I feel like I'm generalizing, cooking, you don't want the rings. I don't know. That's what I feel hey, like you're I've mixing seen. your hands in. All of a sudden, you get stuff stuck on it. Like, I, I don't think chefs are I've ring wears. That's what I feel like. Maybe they are maybe they wear it when they're done chefing. Yeah. 
Musicians are another one. They seem to have a yeah, lot well, of rings. Yeah, well, they have lots. Yeah, they have lots of rings. Yeah. Although I'm not hanging out with them. But. Rings, tattoos, you know, certain hair. Like, there's a certain look that some of them like. But I'm pretty sure chefs. Chefs text in. I'm pretty sure you guys wear rings. And and gals, although we're, we're more on the on the male side right now. A few out there. Hey, guys, I've lost three, and the fourth is on a necklace at my end table. Yeah, yeah Stretty's like second one they lost was on a necklace, which is, I don't understand how you lost it. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those. Was things. it ripped off? No, no. I was oh. I was wearing it. Because every time I'd play it, my wife, so I lost the first one, technically on the plane, flying on our honeymoon, but I'm not sure if that's actually where it fell off. <laughs> And then uh, she put on, on, her, the plane. on a necklace. <laughs> we searched for that thing. Then I had my necklace. And I, every time I'd play, I'd take it on and put it off, right? And I, it was kind of like my ritual. And then that one got lost at our house. So I don't know where it is. So now this is, she's made like a little medallion with our, our wedding date on. And I wear that. I haven't lost it. But I don't take it off. I never take I go oh, swimming. Yeah. I never take it off. Oh, so now you're just like a big, you got the big chain on. That's you're like, right. look at my medallion. I am. I am. I am a little bit that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm like a chef that wears rings all the time. Yeah. Hey, guys, I've lost six. six. Same oh. wife, though, from Bronk. Jeez, Bronk. Like, how many times do you have to learn here? Get a tattoo like Sean. <laughs> yeah. Tattoo it up. Six. That's outrageous. That's dedication. How much money? Even if they're only 50 bucks each, that's $300 in. Here's the worst. Ready. I thought I lost mine. Yeah. I went and got, and got a replacement. I found it. Oh. Uh, it was in, and you know what? The minute I found it, I was like, oh yeah, because it was in Calgary and I'd gotten something on my finger and it was sticky. And so I took my ring off and I put it, be- I thought I put it in the cup holder and I must've just missed the cup holder. So it slid beside uh, the um, seat. Yeah. And so I was looking all over. I'm like, I know I had it. Like I was, I'm like, I'm right. not an idiot. I know I had it. And uh, so then I come home, I'm rattled. So I go buy one a week later. I'm cleaning out my, go to vacuum my vehicle. Under the seat, there it is. I'm like, you guys are joking. So now I have an extra one. Now it just sits there. Yeah. Good switch amount. Yeah. Bonus. Well, one's got a little nick in it. So now they know the difference. (laughs) There's lots of guys right now that I had to have lost theirs, like you, Struddy, on the honeymoon. Six, though. Six rings. Like that is just, I'd be like, buddy, just leave it alone. You don't need it. Uh, Hey, guys, I've been married 10 years. I'm on my third ring. I have $50 replacement insurance. Yeah. Well, that's probably I, smart. I didn't even know you could get that. I just got a cheap one. Like, what's the difference? I don't know. I, I remember one of my buddies bought a really nice wedding. And I'm like, why? Why do you need it with diamonds? And I, listen, I'm not a fancy guy, so I'm probably the wrong guy to talk about. But like, just simple. Just a band of metal. Hey guys, get the rubber ring. It's the best $30 yeah, investment out there. That. I've seen those before, too. That okay. does make sense. Hey, Str- Strati, no one starts their life out being a ring guy. Well, yeah, but you evolve into it. And as Strutty was saying, I do agree with you. Certain people. Yeah. Musicians. Musicians, For sure. Chefs. Like guitar players. They love the rings. Oh, yeah. You got to have it. I think Rashog is actually a ring guy. I think he has multiple rings. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like a pinky ring guy. Which is very weird. Tom Brady. He's a ring guy. (laughs) You have that many. (laughs) Bill Russell was. (laughs) And guys, my wife lost a ring and was very upset. She was like, you spent so much money. I had to come clean. It was 100% fake. So then I had to go buy a real one. Oh. <laughs> oh. Busted. Wow. Wow. You know what? I do. Like you're starting your marriage with a fairly big lie. But but really, <laughs> would anyone assume it's not real? 
Like, unless you get a massive one, like a two carat. But if you bought, you know, a nice little whatever, a third of a carat and put it on, would anyone know that it's not real? And does it matter? It's true. Like, you're, like you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, in oh. all honesty. Like, when I played for the Rangers, I used to buy fake watches and wear them around. In like, New York? Yeah. And, oh, what a nice watch. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Little did I know I bargained the guy down from 60 to $55. <laughs> Real drive hard bargain. And I'd wear that thing till it stopped working. Then I'd be mm-hmm. like, well, like, yeah, I, I think one of the most outdated traditions is, oh, you know, so many uh, paychecks have to go mm-hmm. towards the ring. Like, seriously? It's pretty high. Yeah. yeah. I, now I don't. Yeah. They're, they're expensive. But I don't know. Like, honestly, like, I could see that. Just a nice little ring. I, I could get it. Hey, boys, best way to save money and not lose a wedding ring is not get married from Bruins and Jags fan Chad. That's a fair point. It's true. With that attitude, you won't. Although, uh, <laughs> although uh, Chad, you could argue that um, when you do get married, that if you move two of you and you have your own places uh, into one place, that financially that can be better depending on how you go about yeah. things. Once you add the the little uh, kids to the equation, now that's a different that's Those a different conversation. But if you just get married, the two of you and never have kids, you could argue that that might be more financially yep. rewarding. Fair point. So we'll see. Companionship. Yep. Hey guys, I'd say most chefs don't wear a ring for exactly what Greg said. I never did when I was chefing it up from Dallin. See, I, I don't think chefs are the ring guys. You know, so was he a sh- like was he? Plating things, or is he actually making? Right, a plater. Well, these most chefs aren't like you. They don't say, "Hey, guess what? I worked. I worked at." And no offense, yeah. I worked at McDonald's once, yeah. so that means I'm a chef. Oh, I, I'm not saying right. I'm a like chef. you took a science class once and said yeah. you're pre-med. Like uh, you're not really pre-chef. Two years, two years of sciences adds up, buddy. Lies. Wish I go back in time. Did you even take two courses? Yeah, I took. I was taking three took before one Christmas course? and two and after. It's three and two, then three and two. Like in high school. Oh, this is when I was at, uh, whatchamacallit, in Kamloops. Yeah, what was it, like the Caribbean Queen School? U- University College of the Caribou. Oh. I think it's Three Rivers, I think, or something like that. It's accredited. Most universities recognize it now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so anyways, maybe maybe chefs don't, but I feel, I'm pretty sure Paul Schufelt wears rings. Oh, I want to see, I have to ask him next time you go down to see him. He does look like a ring kind of guy. Oh, I have to ask him. Hey, guys, uh, tell your single buddy you can buy companionship. It's true. <laughs> Take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got uh, five questions. Tell me I'm wrong. Strud's edition. Tom Gazzola will uh, join us. We'll talk about his rhythm. I don't know if you saw the video of Tom dancing at the oh, wedding. I saw a lot of it. Little, it's a little off rhythm. Behind. He's like a half beat behind. Yeah, that's exactly what people no. said. They're like... And, and I'm like, was your video on delay, like yeah. where Tom was standing, yeah. was the beat different Yeah, for him? Right. No, I don't think he was that far back. So we'll talk about the timing or lack thereof yeah. from Tom. 447 Evident Sports Leader, TSN 1260. Jason Greger, Jason Sparter, with you. Hey, guys, when are you going to talk about the horrible series ending succession episode was? The whole last season was bad compared to the first one. Gee, I had no problem with the ending. I don't see how you'd think that you could end that series any other way. I thought they stayed exactly true to who their characters were from start to finish in that show. How'd you compare it to the Game of Thrones finale? Well, see, I never, I looked at Game of Thrones and I'm like, how would you, I think people wanted this like perfect fairy tale story ending. 
And that's what Game of Thrones, like Game of Thrones was ruthless at times. Absolutely ruthless. Like everybody wanted it to just be perfect and everything was going to be great. And I, I didn't have a problem with it. And uh, last night's like very different shows. Yeah. Right. But last night in succession, I found uh, I don't I'm not I don't have to give away anything. But when you watch the episode, if you're a fan of the show, I think when it's over, you'll be like, oh, they stayed quite true to the characters and the whole theme of the show throughout the whole thing. They weren't great human beings. That didn't change in the yeah. last episode. <laughs> right. And so, you know, there's. Yeah, and, and there's there's some emotional things in it. it you know, I, I get, I, I understand it. Like, you know, I watch this show and I'm like, could somebody be that big of a dick as a dad? I guess probably. Right? When, unfortunately, you read stories about kids, so it, it doesn't surprise me. Like, you read stories on people, who, uh, you know, kids who, who grew up in a household where their dad beat the hell out of them. Right. Right. And unfortunately, there's probably some listeners who are going through that right now. Hopefully, you're not the one doing it to your kids because if you are, rethink it. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself what you're doing because you're not helping them. But so, you know, Logan Roy, not, obviously this isn't a real, sh- it's not real life, but you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some personality traits that people have. No question about it. So I, I didn't mind the, the finale. I thought it was, it was kind of what I expected, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a few twists I didn't see coming. And there, there, I didn't leave the show feeling any different about any of the characters than I did before the finale. So that part's good. At least for me, anyway. Steady. Yeah. Like it was, I thought they wrapped it up pretty well, as well as you can. But it, if you're, if you look for a season finale or series finale to wrap everything up and have this great, like, oh, the end, then I think you're going to be disappointed. But very few shows have that. It's hard to do. Right. I don't like when shows do that. I like, I thought Seinfeld was excellent. Yeah. And it talking about nothing in jail. There's been very few perfect endings to any any series. Yeah, because you, you, part of you doesn't want to see it end. For sure, there's always so you're always going to be uh, mad because yeah, you're like, well, I wanted this or I wanted that, right? Like the mash ending. Right, I don't even remember it, but was it good or? Oh yeah, they all flew away in the helicopters, right? Yeah. Just, you know, very emotional for right. some people. Goodbye. It's been a long time. Like I didn't watch it live, of course, yeah. but I remember the Cheers one being good. I don't remember specifically like when he closed thinking. the lights out. He looked back. Yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of it. I I did appreciate that. Yeah. So. Like the one, like I watched, uh, you know, there's, I'm looking forward to Ted Lasso. Oh. Even though I kind of, I think I know what's going to happen, but yeah. still. And like Million Little Pieces. This is awesome emotional drama shows. Like, I, I don't know how you can end a show like this. I would think as a writer, that would be the most difficult thing to write, would be to write a series finale. Yeah, I would. Well, to sum it up and try to put it to bed. Yeah, like unless you kill off all the characters right. or something, or they all you know move on, and it's like a utopia. That's great, but I didn't think it was bad at all. But that's just me. Some people obviously didn't like it. That's all right. Let's get to five questions now. Brought to you by the Brick. You know what you're going to like? I'll guarantee you this: you're going to like the savings you get right now at the Brick all across, and especially on patio furniture right now. Sectional sets, conversations, barbecues, outdoor TVs, and more. Check it out at the Brick and thebrick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. The Oilers offseason rolls on, gentlemen, and we know that this summer's free agency pool is pretty shallow. Turning instead to the trade market, what is a player on your wish list for the Oilers to go out and acquire via trade? We've got to identify what 
you want, right? What do you want to fit to address? And I, I do think they need to address the partner for nurse. Uh, and this is not an indictment on CC. I think he's a solid defenseman. Is he a, you know, top pairing defenseman? I don't see him in that light. Um, you'd rather be in the second or third pairing. So I've identified what I want to fix. Now, how do you go and address that? And, you know, the, the one guy that I would like, I don't think that it's as much now, but this type of player, a Jeff Petrie type player, big, mobile, can shoot that type of player, not that guy specifically. But I, I keep going back to when St. Louis won, um, you know, with. with so Colton Pareko. I don't like his contract, right? So you got to. Because it's too long? Yeah. Okay. So I. I but I, I would like a Jeff Petrie type. Not I don't know that he's the guy now. No, he's that definitely type not of the guy player now. is what I'm looking at. Greg's, where are you at for that? What, what's your well thinking? I look at the Oilers and there's not a lot of a, a trade's a good. It's a better option because there's not a lot of free agent right shot defensemen that I think are going to uh, tickle anybody's fancy. So, uh, but my trade is very simple. And it's the easiest one to make. I'm trading Yamamoto simply for cap space and a draft pick. I think you could. Chicago has eight forwards signed right now at $12 million. They got to get to the floor. Yeah. They're going to need some players with salary. They got a boatload of picks. They trade you a fifth for Yamamoto. Mm-hmm. Guy can score you 15 goals. Like they're going to want some production. Like I don't think Kyle Yamamoto is a terrible player at all. I think his contract right now isn't good, but they don't care about the contract. So that that would be the first one, because then now I've got some cap space, then I can maneuver. So that to me has to be trade one before I make any other trades, because I don't think any other trades of significance will happen. You're just freeing up space. Yes. Well, you need then you could maybe make some moves yeah. first. So that'd be my first one. I can take it. Question number two: The Monaco Grand Prix was over the weekend, and once again we saw Red Bulls Max Verstappen come out victorious. Still sixteen races to come on F1 schedule. Where in that lineup will we finally see a driver not from Red Bull win a race? Oh, gosh. Um, good question. It has, uh, it's not being great. I, I honestly think um, you, you're going to see Alonzo's going to win. It's just a matter of which race is he going to win. And, man, do you ever see the difference between him and Lance Stroll as far as elite driving? Like, Lance Stroll is a driver. you got to wonder eventually what they're going to do there because they got a good car clearly, but uh stroll just, he can't handle it uh, right now from what I see. So I will, uh, I'll say, um, I'll go Canada June 16th, 18th week. That's when uh, Alonzo will win in Canada. Yeah. This is probably a good question for Colin, but it just, when you're, when you're rolling this far along, you know, just continue. You're going to have an off week. Like everyone sooner or later has an off week. So I, I can't pick the date. I like where your, your head's at, Greg. So I, but I say it will happen. Question number three. Both Latvia and Germany captured medaled, medals at this year's World Hockey Championships. Which non-traditional hockey power country is going to be the next one to become a perennial contender at these international events? So, I mean, you got your top groups, right? Russia, Canada, USA, Sweden, Finland, those guys. Um, you know, I might go, I might, this team isn't really, but I think maybe Slovakia. One of those two, Czech or Slovakia, one of those two. 
I'll go with the. I don't. Well, Finland's being the one team that competes all the time, despite a you know a small amount of of uh, people in that country. But they do excellent at those type of tournaments. So Germany's coming. Germany has now uh, got a silver at the Olympics. They got a silver here. I'm gonna say Germany. I uh, I concur with you on that one, Greg. You guys talked about it a little bit earlier, but they have obviously done a great job developing the team as a whole, but they also possess some of the top-end talent necessary to actually compete at these events when all the best players will be there, the likes of Dreisaitl, Stutzla, Sider, etc. Question number four, keep it really simple for you guys. Game number seven from Boston goes tonight. Do the Celtics make NBA history and be the first team to come back from a 3-0 series deficit? Yes. History will be made. No. Jimmy Buckets is going to throw the heat on their shoulders. I love Jimmy Buckets. I Uh love what he does with his hair. You just like like saying the name. I do. You're right, Greg. But he, to me, has the perfect, like, athletic body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I honestly think he's going to get it done. Old Jimmy Buckets is going to get it done. They'll have nothing left for the final, and they'll get swept in four. But um, I, I believe that he gets it done. What do you think, Brandon? I'll, uh, I'll side with you on this one, Stratty. Uh, Jimmy Butler's been so good all playoffs, and obviously a very off game for him in number six. So I think he'll bounce back in a big way. And uh, his alleged father, Michael Jordan, the the bloodlines will run true, and he'll step forth and and really uh, really come and perform well for the Heat and get them back to the finals there it this is. year. There it is. Uh, and lastly for you guys, it is Memorial Day down in the United States. So in remembrance of all those that have served, given their lives in service to the country, what is your guys' favorite movie uh, about the military and or war history? I love I love military movies. I just, I, I can't get enough of it. I think they're fantastic. Um, the first one I ever watched, my dad put it on for me. It was called The Dirty Dozen. And it had an oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable, buddy. The cast is led by Lee, Mar- Lee Marvin, who to me is like just perfect for those roles. Charles Bronson, Telly Savales. Um, you know, Jim Brown, the late Jim Brown was on there. Trina Lopez, like Trina Lopez. It was so good. It was just, if you haven't seen it, go check out. It is just an, an unbelievable movie. Um, 1965. I actually wrote, a, read the book about it as well. There was a book. I loved it so much. So the dirty dozen absolutely loved it. Greg's where are you going? Oh man, there's lots. Um, if I look at, like, I'm kind of torn here. Um, probably the most impactful war movie I ever watched was Schindler's List. Oof. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I thought it was incredibly well done, and it captured pretty close to the feel of of how it was. Um, you know, in Nazi Germany and how just horrific it would be. And you still see pictures of it today. And, you, you know, you see people sitting there and they're just, they all know they're going to the chamber. Like, I just, that feeling is so, it's a place that I really want to go. I want to go to Auschwitz on our list of, of places mm-hmm. that I want to go. Um, Save It Private Ryan is 25 years old this year. Crazy. Right? Elite movie. Uh, very good. And, but I'm I'm going to go with um, a movie that I quite liked was Glory as oh, well. Yeah. Matthew Broderick. Yeah. So great, great, great one. Brandon, what about you, you old dog? 
I think uh, you guys hit on a couple of the really big ones. I really loved Hacksaw Ridge oh, with yeah. Andrew Garfield. I thought yeah. he was terrific <laughs> in that. The story behind it is is obviously incredible too. I uh, I just really enjoyed that movie uh, pretty much start to finish. So apart from all the big ones, like uh, especially Saving Private Ryan that you guys named, that's the one I will go with. Another one, because if we're talking war, now it's a different type of war, but Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. That's a phenomenal. It's yeah, a really good one. Daniel Day-Lewis is unreal. Oh, he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another another one that I, I I also liked. It's my It was probably my second choice, but it's called Bridge Over the River Kauai. Oh, yes. And it's about, uh, I believe it's a true story. I mm-hmm. might, I, and it's about a, a British group gets captured in the Pacific, and uh, their task was building a bridge. And this British commander says, if we're going to do something, we're going to do it perfectly. And we're going to, and, and then they end up, not to ruin it, but I'm pretty sure if you haven't seen it by now, you won't watch it. But he, the, the, they decide they're going to blow it up, and he doesn't want to blow it up because they've done such a good job building this. Um, it's it's just a t- great movie. Low Tide and I've actually talked about that. He loved that show. Oh, that show was good. Platoon. Yeah. Remember Platoon? Platoon yeah, good show with uh, yeah. Uh, Defoe and Charlie mm-hmm. Sheen, and um, I'm I'm pretty sure that that was like director Oliver Stone's personal experience from going. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. And I, I thought that one was like uh, war is I, I like it when it it shows the real side of it. And right. it's awful. Like, let's yeah. let's oh, be completely honest. It's it's awful. And there's there's many there's many good ones out there. Yeah. You know, Hacksaw Ridge um, Sniper recently, I thought yeah, was pretty good. Fun. Yeah. But yeah, the Dirty Dozen, man. My uh, my father, uh, that was one of the first oh. movies I watched them. It was amazing, so too. Good. Yeah, I guess if you want to talk about a recent war, I think watching Tom Gazzola fight the rhythm while he was dancing, that was a war that he lost. <laughs> we will get to uh, TG on that one. Uh, lots of text coming in. Full metal jacket, thin red line. Yeah, all good. The Great Escape. Oh, I can't forget that one. Yeah, so there's lots of... Uh, <laughs> keep them coming in at uh, 10, 12, 60. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, it's a yeah, little bit different yeah. spin on it, yeah. but that was no. Yeah. It's a total different feel of a movie right. about war, but it was good. It was very good. <laughs> Let's get to a sports center update now. Brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. All the power you need to get the job done. They're agricultural tractors, subcompact tractors, zero turn mowers. Get them now at EdmontonKubota.com. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. These days, having versatile clothing you can wear anywhere is a must. That's why American Giant makes all sorts of versatile anyweather staples, hoodies, jackets, and more. Whether you're buying a gift or stocking your closet, you'll find just what you need. And it's all made right here in the USA. Find your new wardrobe staples at American-Giant.com. And get 20% off your order when you use code AnyStyle24 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com. Promo code AnyStyle24.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.